morning. Welcome to church this morning. Let's stand and worship together.
seated. Well, good morning, Salem Fields. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Everybody awake and with us today. We're so glad that you're here, whether you're here in person or if you're worshiping with us online. It's an awesome day to join us today. So I want you to take out your phone and check in on Facebook or whatever your favorite social media app is and let your friends know that you're here worshiping with us or worshiping online. You never know who that might affect. You never know who might come and check us out just because you decided to check in. And also, if you're a first-time guest or a visitor with us, or if this is your second or your third time, we're really glad that you're here. And um, we invite you to come on out to the little table that's over by the door on your way out. Just look something like this for first-time guests. Also, if it's your second or third time, we have a special uh, free gift for you. We just want to meet you and greet you and let you know that you are welcome here, and we're so glad that you're here. And also, in your program, you'll see that there is a card, so called our connection card. This is our way to connect with you and for you to connect with us. If you can just take some time to fill this out, uh, we'll be passing around some buckets a little bit later in the service for, to collect these. There's also room for prayer requests on the back, and any ministries and anything you might be interested to, a great way to, to get connected. And we'll be connecting our tithes and offerings soon, um, right before the message today, so a little bit different than what we usually do. So there's a number of ways that you can give, and uh, we'll be passing around those buckets to collect um, tithes and offerings in the form of check or cash. You can also use debit or credit cards um, out in the kiosks in the lobby, online at SalemFields.com from automatic withdrawal, or also by the Salem Fields app on your phone. Um, and if you're worshiping with us online, there's a little green button at the top of your screen that you can also click and, um, and that will help you give. And we believe here at Salem Fields that giving is a form of our generosity, that we give back to God a portion of that which with he has blessed us. And it's a way of us extending the kingdom and building the kingdom here. And there's another piece of paper that's in your program. This is all the announcements, anything and everything that you could ever want to know about Salem Fields and what's coming up. There's a whole list of things, anything, if you're just blanking out right now and you're not even listening to me, just read this, take this home, don't just stick this in the back and recycle it, but everything that's here, upcoming classes and lots of great stuff to get connected with. And a number, a couple
couple of those things that are coming up. We have men's advance that the guys are going to go on a little retreat, weekend retreat. I invite you to, if you're a guy, come on out and join Pastor Buddy and others in that. I personally don't know what actually they do during that. I think it involves eating some greasy grilled foods and not showering and doing some manly activities, right? So um, it's going to be a great time. There's a table that's right outside the doors here that you can fill out a card and get some more information about. But we really invite all the guys to check that out and join us for that. And in two weeks, can you believe it? It's going to be Labor Day weekend, right? A lot of the kids have gone back to school already, but Labor Day's up. And that weekend, we're going to be having one service, one service at 11 o'clock on Sunday. So two weeks from today, there's no Saturday service, no 9 o'clock service. So show up here at 11 o'clock and we're going to be having our celebration service. And this is a time to celebrate all that God is doing, all that God has done, and all that God will do in our lives and in the church. And so we're, it's going to be a great time of testimonies where people share stories of that, but also baby dedications and baptisms. So if you have a child who has never been dedicated and you would like to dedicate them to God, dedicate them to God, it's a way of us praying for them and acknowledging that, um, I invite you to mark that on your connection card and if that's something that you would like to do, we invite you to do that. Or if you're interested in being baptized as a public profession of your faith, um, you can also mark your connection card and we'll be in touch with you about that, especially if you've never been baptized and we can talk to you more about that. So make plans to join us. And then later that night, starting at 5.30, we're going to have fireworks, right? It's going to be awesome. Neighborhood block party. Fireworks right here. Jason's going to talk a little bit more about that, but we really invite you to hand out some cards. We, if you hand out, if you get like a stack of cards, you want to hand them out to all your neighbors. Do that, and we have more and more that we can keep printing. So don't worry about about taking too much. So invite friends and neighbors. We also need you to help that make that happen. And there's a sign up just right outside the door with the you can't miss it. There's a big screen with fireworks going off in front of it. Ways to serve, ways to get connected. We really can use your help, and also to give financially. Pastor Buddy talked about last week how we need several thousand dollars to pull this off. This is a moving forward by faith, a step of our faith to do this. And if you can contribute any amount of money towards that, I think he said something like if if you give like $100 towards the fireworks, you get like front row seats. Is that something right? Okay. So anyway, so we'll keep that promise. So if you can help us with that, that would be a great way also to reach out to your neighbors. And um, I invite everybody to stand now and we're going to continue to worship together. Your glory on our face will 
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And we come to praise you. We praise you for your grace and your mercy for our salvation. We praise you for the joy and the blessings that you bring to our life. And we praise you for your strength and your peace that you give us in our time of need. We don't have enough words to praise you enough to tell you how much you mean to us and how much our hearts have love for you. So we thank you for understanding that and for meeting us at our point of need. And so I just ask that your Holy Spirit will infiltrate this place and our hearts and our minds and that we'll be changed for being here together today and from what you have to speak to us. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor forever in Jesus' name, amen. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in the beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Wouldn't you? I would have always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Good morning, neighbors. How's everyone doing this morning? I'm going to go ahead and take off the sweater now because last service I about drowned myself and killed myself. So. You know, it's, we've been talking about uh, our neighbors and being neighborly, and I thought, why not be Mr. Rogers, right? And for some of you that don't know who Mr. Rogers is, guess what? You're going to find out because the Mr. Rogers movie comes out in, I think, November. Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers. So Mr. Rogers is a great man and a great person from my childhood, and, you know, uh, and so I just, I loved it. I thought, why not? Why not try it, you know? Tried to do the little Fred vibe this morning. Hey, before we get started this morning, I'd like for everybody to, um, if you can, if you would, we got one more card. We got a couple more cards in your in your program this morning. If everyone could, just so I know everyone's with me this morning, um, if you could pull out your card and just kind of wave it at me. So you see, it should say, it says, hello, neighbor, you're invited. All right. So if you don't have one, shame on you. Um, what this means is that this is an invite card for you to go and invite your neighbor to church. And Pastor Gay is going to be talking about what it means to be a neighbor to your neighbor um, next week. And, and um, it's a great way, a great time to, um, 
invite them. You know, before she went on vacation, she let me know yesterday um, that she had gone around her cul-de-sac and she invited her neighbors to come to church with her and they said that they would come. So I think that's an incentive. Why not see if we can get our neighbors to come to church next week and be a part of that message? You know, it's a great, it's a great way, great way for them to hear a great message on what it means to be a neighbor. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on today, too, is defining what is a neighbor. You know, Mr. Uh, Buddy ticked off our series last week, and, and he, he identified a lot of things of what, it, what we can do, what neighboring is. And, and so I want to kind of expand on a couple of those points this morning by not only showing what neighboring is, but to who we are to be neighboring to. And, you know, Mr. Rogers would start off that, his program um, and, and singing that song. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? You know, he was doing that because he wanted to invite everybody in to be his neighbor. He saw everybody as his neighbor. You see, we've lost that. Fred, Fred Rogers had it so spot on when he developed that program and, and, and figuring out that he was living his purposeful life by obeying the command that God had placed to all of us, that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, you and I, we live in this world where it's just people won't, most people don't pay attention to their neighbor or we're so busy we don't even realize who our neighbor is. I want us to focus in on that and who our neighbor is. If, if any series that has ever been put together since I've been part of Salem Fields, um, and, you know, I, this is, I think, the, one of the greatest series that we've ever done. And back to the point of being on vision and focus of what the church is all about, why Salem Fields became the, the church that it is today. It's because Salem Fields was put here to be a neighbor. And, and Buddy drove that home last week, and I was so excited about this message and, and, and this, and, it, and it's... And it's Hopefully it fires you up a little bit to, to, to see what it means to be a neighbor and how we should be going about neighboring our community. I, I am so excited about that. And, and so today what I want to do is I want us to focus in on a key passage of Scripture. It comes at the tail end of a story um, that we're going to read in a little bit. But the, the, the very, this passage of Scripture, I think, um, is a great reminder of what we need to do today to take action what God's asked us to be and how we can be neighboring. This passage of scripture is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 37. It says, the one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded, Jesus said, go and do the same. Kind of a weird entrance to a, a passage of scripture in it. You don't, you have no context of what that really means, but, but there's a command what Jesus says is go and do the same. You see, that, that, this response comes from a story that Jesus was sharing with this religious scholar about, uh, about what it was to be a neighbor and who his neighbor was. See, the questions that we have to ask ourselves, and, and, and I loved it. I loved it. Somebody posted it on social media last week when they were uh, checking into Facebook. Um, I see it's here. There it is. Yeah, he, he, put on, he put on his uh, tag, he's like, who's my neighbor? And I said, come next week, and we'll, I'm going to let you know, right? So, so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, you, well, I know you'd always be here anyway, but, um, you know, so it wasn't because I told him he had to be here to find the answer, but I'll pat myself on the back, yeah, it was. 
No, um, you know, but this, this, this question of who our neighbor was is, is Jesus gives us that story. And, and what, what it really means to be a neighbor. If you go back, if you go back some verses in chapter 10, um, you, you'll see the story that I'm talking about. It says this, it says, Then a religion scholar stood up and questioned, uh, to, uh, to question and test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He said, he answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? The scholar said, well, that you are to love your God with all your passion, with all prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it, and you'll live. Well, looking for a loophole, the man asked, and how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the, the, his way, so he was attacked by robbers. They took all of his clothes, they beat him up, they went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, the priest was, luckily a priest was on his way down the road, but when he saw the man lying there, he angled himself across the other side of the road. Then... A Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling along the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, in his heart, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting, and bandaging. I can't get that word out today. His wounds. Then he lifted him on his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs more, any more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay it on my way back. So what do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man that attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, Go and do the same. Let me give you a little context here um, about this, this man that was injured on the side of the road. Um, he was there, he's beaten up, and, and a person that should have helped him should have been that religious scholar that, that's seen him there because he knows what the laws of God are. He knows that you're supposed to love your neighbor and you're supposed to take care of them. It should have been the, 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 the Levite who was a priest. He's, after all, a pastor. He should have been taking care of his loved ones. But no, it becomes a Samaritan. Of all people, the Samaritans were despised. By the Israelite people. People would travel out and around Samaria just to avoid coming in contact with Samarians. But yet, here the Samaritan saw this Israelite man on the side of the road, injured, broken down, battered toward left for dead, and decided that he was going to have compassion on him and took care of him. And so, not only did he see the man wounded as a neighbor, but the man acted as a neighbor was the Samaritan. You see, I think our world is, is so much the same today. I think that we pass neighbors all the time, not realizing that there are our neighbors and that we're supposed to be taking care of them. I, I think that there's things that get in the way from us truly being the neighbors God has called us to be. And see, God has called Salem Field, Salem Fielders, to be neighbors in our community. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I believe that, that Salem Fields uh, should be a place that if we disappeared off the face of the map, that we'd be desperately missed because people would be missing their neighbor. 
And, and I think that's what God's trying to get back, us back to with the series, is that we need to be neighboring, our neighbors. You see, for most of us, I think we're so busy focused on ourselves that, and, our, and our own things that we miss who our neighbors are. I think that sometimes we see our neighbors as obstacles. A neighbor might be an obstacle in your way. I mean, I don't do this because my neighbors are pretty good. Um, I've got a new one moving in today, so we'll see. But maybe I will be this person. that you know, I might run into my driveway and avoid them. No, you know, we're supposed to be neighboring. My neighbors come to church here, so I've got to be nice. I'm just kidding. No, my, but we see them as obstacles. We see our neighbors as obstacles, or we see a neighbor as obstacles, because I want us to get a definition today of what a neighbor is. And so sometimes we see this neighbor as an obstacle. They're in the way. We can't, we're, they keep us from getting to where we're supposed to be going. Um, or, or we might see that a, a neighbor is in need of help, but we're so busy with what we've got going on, we assume that someone else is going to come and take care of them. Or sometimes we allow fear to get in the way of us helping a neighbor. Because after all, we live in a very difficult world. We don't know if we can trust a neighbor. We don't know what we can do to try to help, lend, put a hand out to help somebody in their time of need. And it's scary. I think those things are the things that mainly get in the way of us truly being a neighbor. See, I, I, I have firsthand experience. God put this message on my heart some weeks ago, um, even before Buddy had kind of asked me to, to speak. And I, I, I focused on this. I worked with it, some of it through with the students a few weeks back. But God gave me a real-life illustration, a gut check, with this Good Samaritan story and being a, and being a good neighbor. You see, a few weeks ago, um, I was the pastor on call. So that when you're the pastor on call, it means you take care of the hospital calls. That means you go and visit people at the hospital and you, you take care of any of the care needs of, of, of people in the church. And I received a phone call on a, on, a, on a day and I had two people at Mary Washington that I needed to go visit and there was a, um, a church member whose mother was in the hospital um, dying in Stafford. And, um, and so they asked if I'd go and pray with her. And so I said, absolutely, I'm going to go and pray with her. I had something to do. I, that this, is, this is important to do this. This is what you do as a pastor. And, and, and so... Um, that day, we just happened to only have one car available to us for our family. And, and so I told Jody, I'm like, I need you to drive me to the hospital so, so I can go pray with, um, with, with these people. And, and so her and Gracie were with me, and they got in the car, and we started on our way, our voyage to Stafford. And, and you know, we didn't get very far from the church, and you get out there on that old, uh, old plank cut-through road that gets out to Route 3, you know, where old Napa used to be. Um, and there, and we're up at that stoplight, and there's a car sitting there, and people are going around it, and it has its hazards on. And, and Jody said, should we stop and see if the man needs help? I said, no. I said, Sir, some, somebody's certainly coming to help the man. I, I, we've got to get to the hospital. This person's dying. I need to go pray with them. Because I knew I had something important. I, that, to me, was priority. I needed to get there. And, and so... Um, I, Sure enough, we, just like everybody else, we kind of pulled out and around the car. And as I, we drove past the car, I noticed the man was sitting there. He was sweating. You could tell he was, he was frustrated. Um, and, and his windows were down. His car was, wasn't running. And Jody's like, are you sure you don't want to stop? I said, no, we've got it. We need to go. 
because I was like, well, I don't want to stop and try to, what am I going to do with my wife and my daughter on the side of the road as I'm trying to help? These are things going through my mind. And, and, and I'm like, what we, and we've got to get to the hospital. You know, these people are waiting for me. And, and so, you know, it wasn't much further. We, we make that turn onto Route 3, and, 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 um, and I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit and Gracie and Jody really convicted me. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and it was like God used them to convict me and say, you know what, you know, you really should go back and see if that man needs help. And I said, you know what, we, yeah, we, we need to turn around. I mean, what, what's an extra 10, 15 minutes to, to see what I can do? And, and it must have been God for that day, like, tell me even what to wear that day because I wore the brightest orange shirt you could possibly wear, so I looked like a giant traffic cone. And so, you know, we, we made our way back around to a parking lot there where that carpet tile was, and you can't really get back to that car, so I had to walk across the, this grassy area and, and walk up alongside this guy's car. And, and I said, sir, do you need help? He says, oh, thank goodness. He says, I was afraid my hazards were broken. He'd been waiting there for 15, 20 minutes for someone to stop. He said, all I want to do is get my car to roll down the back of this hill into this parking lot to see what I can, if I can get it working. And, and, and so I, I was able to kind of redirect traffic and, and go, and go um, so this guy could coast his car back there. I asked him if he needed any more help. He said, no, I only live a, like a couple blocks from here. Uh, I'm going to walk, get my truck, and bring it over to the car. And, and, I, and, and he said, you know, thank you, and, and went on my way. And I got back in the car, and I started that, that trip back then to get back on, on task with the hospital visits, and God just sucker punched me in the gut. Well, I ended up being a neighbor to that guy. Boy, I sure avoided being a neighbor at first. See, in that Good Samaritan story with this gentleman there on Route 3, I was no different than the first man and the second man in the beginning. You know, they, they had places to go, people to see and all that, and they got busy, but yet, but yet they missed an opportunity because God put a person in their front of their path to help. And see, I realized that day that God put that person in, in front of my path so that I could help them, but not so much for that, just so that God could speak back to me. And see, so, so much we get so wrapped up that we, we miss out on who our neighbors are. Because we're so wrapped up in our own lives, we're so wrapped up in the busyness of our own, uh, you know, up down 95, down 95, round route three life that we, we miss out on who our neighbors are. And our neighbors are all around us. We see them as obstacles. You know, we see people that get in our way as obstacles rather than seeing them as our neighbor. We, here's, here's a little driving lesson for you all that can want 95. The, the left lane... Is not the cruising lane. You are not to use the left lane to cruise. You're supposed to be at least doing close to 75, 80 in that lane. And, um, and, and if you're not, then you're wrong. And you need to move out of that lane. And, and, I, and I say that from my past experience of when I had my church in Richmond trying to get back and forth from Fredericksburg to Richmond. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to get to church and you're, you're behind somebody who wants to stay in the left lane. No, what I, what, but, you know, that used to be my, my frustration. There's nothing worse than going down Route 3 and a car cutting me off when I'm trying to just get the five guys to get my cheeseburger. <laughs> it's frustrating. But, no, the reality is this, is that God has, has put it on my heart to realize that, you know what, those people are my neighbors. 
I don't know what they're going through. Maybe that person that's made their way into the left lane um, and just kind of cruising down the left lane in 95 and is kind of stuck there, is lost in thought because maybe they re received some bad news about a loved one. Or, or maybe, maybe that person that just cut me off on Route 3 to get across the, all three lanes of traffic um, was, is rushing to the hospital for an emergency. Maybe, maybe that person is, that, that's just kind of holding up traffic or, or, or getting in our way, or maybe it's the person that you're even in the grocery store that, you know, you, you ever been to the grocery store and you're waiting to get to, their, your item is right there, but their cart's right there, and they're looking at everything on the shelf, and they're like, all I want is a miracle whip, and you can't get to it, but, but, you're, but you're waiting, but you see them as an obstacle instead of realizing that they're a person that might be going through something, and they're not just getting their groceries. And God put them there maybe for a reason. You know, God, God's done that, uh, convicted me of that a lot of times when I go to the grocery store and, and, and I'll see, you know, I get so brokenhearted sometimes and when I see people trying to count out change to get their gallon of milk. And, I'll, and, I'll, and it's not out of frustration. I'll just say, you know what? I've got you that day. And then Jody looks at the receipt and says, where's that gallon of milk? Well, I, somewhere. But, you know, stop, stop looking at people as obstacles in our way and look at them as a, a divine appointment that maybe God's trying to schedule for you to be a neighbor to them. So how can we be a good neighbor? Well, from Buddy's message last week, we can know that we're a good neighbor when we, we are the arms of Jesus. And, and, that, and then when we, we serve our neighbors. When we're the arms of Jesus, you know, Buddy said it last week, I love it, that we might be the only Jesus that people may ever see. Do you realize that? Through our actions, if we're truly being neighborly, we might be the only Jesus people may ever see. And when we start serving our neighbors, we start serving our community, we're going to make a difference in our community. We live in a dark world. You, you, we live in a super dark world. You start talking to our teachers, you start talking to our school principals, and they'll, they'll let you know how dark it is because they, they deal with our children that are coming out of some very dark situations. And we need to constantly be praying for them. We need to figure out how we can best serve them. And, and, and we live in this dark world, and, we need, and if we're going to change that, we have to serve. We, have to be, we need to be neighboring our community. And we need to be going above and beyond what it is out of our comfort zone to, to do that. And, and we do that by, by being in the arms of Christ when we're in our community doing things for our community. When we're doing fireworks, it's, not, it's more than fireworks. It's more than signing up on a sheet of paper out there just to be a greeter or to drive a shuttle bus. It's much deeper than that. It's about being a neighbor to your community. Because, see, somebody's going to come to those fireworks. I know this. Someone's going to come to those fireworks that we're going to have on September 1st, and then they're going to come to Salem Fields, and they're going to accept Jesus Christ. And when they accept Jesus Christ, and you were the bus the driver of the shuttle, bringing them over from Smith Station Elementary School to get over here or from wherever they're parked at to get here, and, and they eventually make their way into this, in here to accept Jesus Christ, they have, you have a part in that. And, when, and when, you, when, they, when they approach you in heaven, they say, thank you for driving that bus. You make a difference in the lives of people. 
I, I did a, I don't know what it, what it is right now. You know, I've been back at Salem Fields for a few months now, and it seems, this is my second time preaching, and um, it seems like every time that I'm preaching, someone's got to die. And so I had to do a funeral yesterday. And, and so, but you know, what was interesting about that is God did it so to let me know what it is to be a neighbor. Because the memorial service I did yesterday was for a family that I've gotten to know from Salem Fields over year, the years that I've lived in that community. But they knew they could count on the church. They thanked the church for being hospitable and opening a place where they could mourn and grieve the loss of a loved one. And I talked to them after the service, and they said, they said, yeah, we know we don't really get over to church, but we've been at every one of your fireworks. We've been at every one of your trunk and treats, your Christmas festivals. The outreaches that we've done, they've been a part of it. And they, they know in their time of need that they can turn to Salem Fields. And they consider Salem Fields their church. That's what it means to be a part of our fireworks. That's what it means to, to be a greeter at our doors on the Sunday is that, that you're being the hope and light in the world that needs it. That, that we're being the arms of Jesus and we're serving our neighbors. See, we got to make a mind shift, though, on how we serve. Because sometimes we see that we serve out of maybe guilt or duty. And we shouldn't. We need to be serving in the way that God wants us to serve. The, we, 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 can be the arm, we can best be the arms of Jesus and serve our neighbors if we are learning to serve and follow God's way of treating others. See, God treats us in a specific way. In Galatians, we learn about the, the fruit of the Spirit, that, that God allows His Holy Spirit to come on to us, and if we really take on that, that, that fruit of the Spirit, then we're filled with the, the Spirit of God, and that Spirit of God then transcends into the lives of others that we come in contact with. And, and you know what the great thing is about this is that, that, that when we do that, that means that we're, we're, we're gonna, we can get an eye glimpse of what God's Spirit is like then for us. And in Galatians 5, 23, it says this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you know what? I'm glad that God is all those. Because, I mean, if God wasn't a God of self-control, I should have been wiped off the face of the earth long ago. If God wasn't the God of, of, of gentleness, I think my behind would be really hurting because he'd really want to kick my butt sometimes. But see, he, he, he shares that with us in the way that he responds to us so that we can learn then to respond that way to others. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to respond in that way towards our neighbors. And I'm not talking about our neighbors that live on our street. I'm talking about everyone we come in contact with. I am so sick of social media, I'm so sick of the news, because that's all we, that's all we do, we all, we, all we focus on is the negativity, I don't like what so-and-so said, I don't like what this person said, you know what, I don't care what Trump or Hillary or any of them are doing, because my hope's not in them, my hope's in Jesus Christ, that's where our hope comes from. And that's where our focus needs to be. And if we're going to change that, that, our climate, then that's where we need to get as a church and be neighboring to our communities and stop forgetting about our political rights and all these other things and start focusing on what the rights that Jesus Christ puts in our Bibles. And that's what it is that we're supposed to be doing in our community. Sorry, I'm starting to preach. 
But I mean, I'm serious. I mean, this breaks my heart. This is why I get up every morning and do what I do because I want to be a neighbor to our community. You know, last week, Buddy was talking about how you can be a, how you can start neighboring by getting involved in different activities and different things around the community, or getting involved with with groups. And and you know, for years, um, my kids have done summer swim over at Salem Fields, and and we haven't done it for the past couple of years because our our regular summer our regular uh, swim season is just so so demanding. But we build relationships with people down on their team in Richmond. But I came back here and I reached out to that community and I said, hey. Can we host your swim banquet again? And so I met, uh, they, they were happy. They were so excited that we reached out to them and, and that they were able to come in and use the church. And so last Sunday, um, we hosted a swim banquet for the Salem Field Sunfish. And, and there was about uh, 200 people in this auditorium having a dinner and a, 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 uh, celebrating their swim season for summer swim before going back to school. And, and you know what was great about that? Is that they were so grateful for our church, for you. You see, not for me. They're grateful for you, the church that, that, that you give of, of your resources to make this place happen so that it can be a place of a community where they can come and they can relax and enjoy a place for their families. And, and, and then when I welcomed them and I shared with them that, hey, we want to make sure you know about it, but on September 1st, we're going to have fireworks. And they cheered. They were so excited. You know, that's, that's why I get up. To build a relationship with the store manager, Lynn, at Rite Aid, who, 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 who's been at every sunrise service. You know, that's why we get up. We're neighbors to those people. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And we're supposed to treat them with love and kindness. Don't get frustrated with the people that are around you. That's, that's opposite of what God wants. That's not being neighborly. That's not neighboring. See, we're supposed to be helpers. God's placed us all to be helpers. And why are we supposed to be helpers? Well, I think Mr. Rogers says it best. You know, my mother used to say a long time ago, whenever there would be any really catastrophe that was on the, in the movies or, or on the air, she would say, always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. That's why I think that if news programs could make a conscious effort of showing rescue teams, of, of showing who, uh, medical people, anybody who is coming into a place where there's a tragedy, to be, to be sure that they include that. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. Man, he hits it so spot on. His mom did. That when you look for the helpers, you know there's hope. And I don't think there's anything more that this world needs than to see helpers. To know that there's hope. See, Salem Fields is a great church that's done great things that's provided hope for people all around the world 
And it's, it's, it's quick and easy for us to just, you know, kind of do that random act of kindness or that quick fix when disaster strikes. You know, I, I love that, that, you know, it says for the media needs to focus in on the helpers and, and the helpers are, are, are there. But quickly, what do we see when after uh, like tragedy strikes? We, we focus in on the help that's coming in, but then all of a sudden we start turning, the media turns around to the negativity. And we lose sight of the, the helpers that are really there still doing the work. And so then people start getting more hopeless. And it just feeds into this hopeless, dark world. But see, that's why, that's why our help has to go beyond that initial help. It has to go much further than that. You know, we, we, we try to make great movements and strides towards, towards doing that and putting it out there. I, I can remember um, in my early years of ministry here, probably back in 2006, and, and I was the global outreach pastor here at Salem Fields, and, and, and we would put together... Um, we would put together, a team of us would put together these random acts of kindness, and they would be in your program every week. I don't know if some of you might remember them or been here long enough, but we used to put it in there, and we'd encourage you to go out and do a random act of kindness every week. And, and, and you know what? And they're great, and random acts of kindness are great. Don't get me wrong, but what I'm learning is, is that random act of kindness sometimes aren't really for the kindness of the others. It's more to make myself feel good because I did something for somebody. And it's not very sustainable. And see, God wants us to go beyond just that initial contact of kindness. And that's what he shares with us in the, the Good Samaritan story. We, we think that this man is, just be simp is simply just being kind. No, he's, he's truly living out the spirit of God through the, through the fruits of the spirit, through every aspect. And he goes above and beyond. He's truly being a neighbor to this man. And what it means for us to be a neighbor. I mean, the initial help is great, but he went beyond that. Let's take a look back at that passage of Scripture. It says this, that a Samaritan traveling the road uh, came in, came, uh, a Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds, then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper, and saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay you when I get back. See, the initial thing of care or kindness would have been just disinfecting his wounds and bandaging him up and, 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 and taking care of him, and then moving on. But he went further. He went a lot further. He went to the point of picking him up, making sure that he was comfortable and taken care of, and then and make, and making sure that he um, was not only taken care of, that he was taken care of to the point of, of like, beyond his needs. That if, 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 it, if it wasn't enough money, sir, I'll be back to pay for you. I want to make sure this person's taken care of. And that's what truly being a neighbor is. See, Jesus says this to us, uh, uh, says this, um, that we're supposed to let our light shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, if we do a random act of kindness, sometimes we're doing that so that we can get glorified. But really what it's about, it should be about that, that we're pointing people towards God. 
and, 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 and in heaven. And, and that, that, that act of kindness comes because of him. Not because of my own strength. Not because of my own ability. But because of him. You see, in that passage right there uh, in Matthew, Jesus says this. Right before that to his disciples, he says, you're, you're the salt. And now he's saying that you're the light. And, and this, I'm saying this, for if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, you do not have the option of not being a light. So stop trying to black yourself out in the community. And feeding into the negativity, start being that light that God's calling you to be. It's not an option. If you say you're a believer of Jesus Christ, then, then, then Jesus says, let your light shine. And that's what our world needs. We're supposed to allow our light to shine in this community. We're supposed to allow our light to shine. We're supposed to pour our lives into others. See, our world is, is filled with negativity. And, and when we're posting some of the stuff that we post on Facebook, you know, I've got family. I, I try to put them in check all the time, and, and it's, sometimes it's useless. But, um, you know, but it, it, it burns me up because if, this is my neighbor, and I'm just feeding into what the media is doing, and I'm griping and complaining, uh, complaining about what my rights are here or there or, or anywhere. Does that, get me, does that get people to heaven? No. And I just pour in the negativity of the world on top of my neighbor? Am I being a neighbor? What am I doing? I'm burying them alive in the negativity of this world. I am not providing them any hope whatsoever. And that's not what Jesus and that's not what God's commanding us to do. He's saying, go and do you the same. Be a neighbor. So what are we supposed to do to our neighbor? We're supposed to pour in some love. We're supposed to pour in some joy. We're supposed to pour in some peace, some kindness, some gentleness, some forbearance, some self-control. And what's that do? What's that do to our neighbor? It helps them reach the top. It helps them find hope in this dark world. It helps them to, to, to see that there's, there's something greater than what's over here. And that's what being a neighbor is. That's what, why God's called us to be a neighbor. So when you leave here today, don't go and look at the people that you're going to come in contact with at the restaurant as your server or the, the person that's at the grocery store as, as anything but your neighbor. Look at those people and see that they're your neighbor. When you, when you see someone there that's, that's hurting or, 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 or that, that, that's, that looks broken, be a neighbor to them. God's put them there for a reason. It's interesting. Uh, uh, someone just came and talked to me a little bit after uh, the last service, and they were sharing with me a neighboring story that they were out to eat and um, after uh, the 9 o'clock service last week, and they were sitting down um, having uh, breakfast as a couple, and a gentleman was sitting over by himself. And, and they stroke up, they, they, they got a little conversation going, and um, they ended up paying for this man's bill. But before they left, before they left uh, the restaurant, the gentleman asked the man sitting there at his breakfast, said, is there anything I can pray for you about today? And this is completely out of character of this person. He never, he never has been told, asked to do this or anything before. And, he, and, he, and the man started crying. 
So him and his wife sat down at the table with the man, and, and they said, you know, he, he had lost his wife of 47 years in March. And so they sat there and they prayed with him. They've invited him to church. He has his own church, but they invited him to come to church. And, you know, they were, they were a neighbor, complete stranger. Can we, can we take off our world eyes a little bit and start looking at people the way God sees them in our world? Can we, can we put, set aside political agendas and all that so that we can focus in on what it is that God, let's look at God's agenda. And let's be the community that God wants us to be. And I think Salem Fields is that. And I think we can do better at that. And I think when we do that, we're going to see that we're going to change the moral climate of our community. I mean, after all, that's what God called Salem Fields here to do. To move forward by faith and to reach the lost and the hurting in this community. I know that's why he's placed me here. How is he going to use you this week? How are you going to be a neighbor this week? Ask yourself these questions in, in your mind and, and as we worship here in a little bit. Is what, what, what is it right now that gets in the way of you being a true neighbor? Two neighbors? Do you understand what I'm saying when I say neighbors? It's everyone that you come in contact with. So what keeps you from being a neighbor to that person? What, what is God saying to you today? And how are you going to be a neighbor this week? I love this worship song we're going to worship with here in just a second. And I love because it points out the fact that, you know what? It makes me realize that Jesus was the greatest neighbor of all. See, we could put ourselves in the situation of the story of the Good Samaritan and, and, and look at it this way. That Jesus is that Samaritan and we're the person that's left for dead on the side of the road. And Jesus just didn't abandon to take care of our wounds and all that. He's, he, he's gone beyond that to take care of us into eternity. And so that's what our true neighbor is. Are we looking at the people and trying to help them to the place of eternity? Or are we just so focused on what's going on right here, right now in this world? I don't know. I ask myself the same question. Let's stand, let us worship. So great. 
that but yet we live in a world that people aren't experiencing that and so what's God saying what's Jesus saying he says to us to go for us that have that have found that victory for us that have experienced that with with that with Jesus that he's saying for us to go and be a neighbor and be the same to those that are out there hurting and so I challenge you this week to to go and be a neighbor I challenge you to invite your friends and your neighbors to come to church next weekend. I challenge you to go and sign up to be a part of our fireworks. And you might say, well, Jason, I can't come to fireworks because I've already got plans that Labor Day weekend. Well, you can be a part of that still by, by going above your tithe and, and helping contribute to that financially. Because someone's going to accept Jesus Christ because of our fireworks. And we should be excited about that. If, even if it's just one person, we should be excited about that. I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up. For, I know God's doing something spectacular. And he wants to use each and every one of us to do it. He wants us to, to be that neighbor of the community, to be that, that, that force, to be reckoned with in our community. So my prayer for you today is, is that you'd, your eyes would be open to see people as your neighbors. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your message today, Lord. I pray that if I said anything that takes back from what it is that you have for us today, that it would just, that it would just disappear in the minds of people. 
Lord, that God, that, we would, that we've heard from you today, Lord, and we know that, I know, Lord, that you're calling us to be neighbors to each and every person we come in contact with, Lord. They need compassion. They need love. They need joy in their life that we need to be pouring into their lives, Lord. So will you please help us, our eyes, to be open to that. And not get so wrapped up in our own situations, Lord, that we can, we can start seeing the people around us and start pouring our lives into them and, and, and changing our community one neighbor at a time. Lord, I pray that you're with, with each and every person here that's worshiping online, that's, 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 that's in our, on the cafe, that's in this room, Lord. I pray that you would just pour out blessings on them this week, Lord. Maybe, maybe they're in that dark spot. Maybe they need a neighbor, Lord. So, so Lord, would you be their neighbor? Would you, would you point them out to us so that we can wrap our loving arms around them and bring them that hope? Maybe they need that hope, Lord, and they're trying to get that hope, and they want to experience that hope in their relationship with you today. And, and, and if that's you today, all you have to do is, is, is pray out to God. You don't have to pray out loud. You can pray right in your heart and say, Lord, I need a neighbor. I need a Savior. And I believe your son, Jesus Christ, is, is just that. And, and, I, and, and I, I know that I've, 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 I've made all kinds of mistakes, that I've, I've sinned, and, and, and Lord, I ask for forgiveness of that, and I know that I'm forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so I, then you say, thank you. Thank you. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just have your way today, Lord. And if that was you and you, you, you prayed that prayer of salvation today, I encourage you to go out and, and, and speak to a pastor and so you can walk this journey with you so you know that you're not alone, that you have a neighbor walking side by side with you as you discover this relationship with God. Lord, be with us each this week as we leave here. Keep us safe on the roads. Lord, help us to, to find those neighbors wherever they may be so that we can bring hope so we can be the arms of Jesus in this community. We give you all praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. Be sure to sign up for fireworks and uh, men's advance.